My name is Noah Ford, and I'm here with Will Harns. This is the second episode of our Hashtag Wolves podcast. How are we doing, Will? I'm good. The Wolves currently are sitting at uh, 16 and 12, just coming off a loss last night to the 76ers. That puts us on, I'm sorry, that puts the team, I'm trying to stay disciplined now as a kind of a uh, media personality. So, oh, that's good that you're unbiased, given that we're a, we're a Wolves-specific podcast. Yeah, that's true. So the, the team is on a pace for a 47-35 and 35 record. This week, in this episode, we'll be talking about the uh, week where the Wolves went 2-1, and one, and we'll cover how Andrew Wiggins been, has been living up to his max contract. So starting off, uh, the Wolves started... With a win Wednesday at the Clippers, it was a late game, um, and some of the big talking points were the lead that the Wolves built up and how it kind of diminished at the hands of a Clippers run, but they were able to hang on at the end and pull out the win. Uh, it was fun to see uh, Jamal Crawford's return home. He was really beloved by Clippers fans, it seemed, um, and he threw out a couple tweets about how it's you know different different uniform but still the same guy who loved his time Crawford, in LA. Crawford seems like like a guy who would do that. I listened to the the Wolves Wired podcast and they had an interview with him which I actually thought was one of their best episodes and I, while I might not like his style of play or whatever, I definitely respect him as as a guy. It seems like he's very um, tied in into the Seattle high school basketball scene and I, I went to Apple Valley and he was at a couple of uh, Trey Jones's games. Like he seems very in tune with the game of basketball, not just being a, a rich NBA player. I'm just here to get paid, kind of guy. Yeah, I could definitely be a fan of Crawford. I mean, play comes first, but he just seems like an all around uh, great guy. So with him, you know, having as journeyman of a career as he had, that was pretty cool. But as we shift more to what happened in the game, Gallinari played and. The other injuries that we talked about in our last episode where we covered a Clippers game, we forgot to mention Patrick Beverly, one of the big pieces that they got back in a rocket steal and a really scrappy defensive point guard that was going to be kind of an anchor for them, I think, had an Achilles injury and he's mm-hmm. out for the season. And he's sort of a defensive nightmare. If, if you're an offensive player, I, what is what I mean by that? There's all the clips about Lonzo Ball, especially when all the LeVar Ball stuff is, was hot, still is where he kind of got in in Lonzo's face and was really an aggressor towards him. It's, it's nice to see guys like that. Yeah, Beverly seems like a nightmare to face, so that's definitely a big loss for the Clippers. Not news, but uh, something that we forgot <laughs> to mention last time. Uh, Towns played well, had 21-12. and 12. Uh, Butler with a nice balanced game, 19-8-8. and 8. Wiggins and Taj with uh, both with 16, so some good balance uh, from the starters. On the Clippers side, DeAndre Jordan, 18 and 21, which really jumps off the stat sheet, and Rivers and Williams with 23 each. So Austin Rivers plays well against the Wolves. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I was almost second guessing myself here. Like, is this the second game? Is, is this a different game from the last Clippers game? I was thinking for a bit because I remember last time everyone was like, oh, you know, Rivers had the best night of his life. Like, He's not that good. He just got lucky. Uh, if, if the Clippers could find someone to replace him, they would. And then he goes out and gets 23 against us again. So, If I were his agent, I would just keep getting traded to the point where you can always play the Timberwolves because he seems to just have... Like, make sure you're in the Wolves division. <laughs> yes. Exa- yeah, exactly. So um, that 
the the way that the lead the way the wolves not exactly jumped out to a lead but were able to build a lead and if you take a positive spin on it hang on to the lead as the clippers made a late push is definitely the talking point for the game the clippers are hardly a top team in the west but i think it's a win that you expect to get and it's one that we got by a a fairly narrow margin then as you look forward to uh a long rest and a game Sunday versus Dallas. This is one that nearly gave me a heart attack as I was in the stands. So Wolves pull out a win 94-92 against a, I would say, pretty bad Dallas team that was on top of that battling some injuries. Um, the starters played pretty well. Towns carried them with 28-12. and 12. Butler had 22. Taj kind of struggled, uh, but... Crawford, Teague, and Wiggins uh, all just had okay, kind of quiet nights. Uh, We definitely owe that win to Towns and Butler really carrying the load for us against, uh, I'd say, not an underachieving Mavs team, but an unimpressive Mavs team. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I I just had to hear 8-20 in the West, so you don't want to be that ninth win in this situation. So to win by two... I'm usually the guy who's saying, well, we got the win, right? That goes into the win column. What's the difference? But I guess the theme of this week was, oh, you beat the Clippers by six and the Mavs by two. Like, good for you, I guess, is is sort of the theme of the week. And then as we'll talk about, you know, losing to Philly. So there's nothing really to write home about in this scenario. And another thing I saw that sort of solidified a theme that was building in my mind was Towns, Taj, and Butler being this sort of triangle of of more or less like sturdiness consistency or, or for sure not even not even they i feel like they're almost there every night but it's more that the nights that they aren't there your team's just sort of going to crumble mm-hmm. these mm-hmm. are efficient guys who i mean taj and butler are helpful to some degree on both ends butler's probably the most balanced player of the three towns really it gets you those efficient shots down low and taj will get you rebounds, assists, and points in sort of this boring fashion. So the three players, while some might be flasher than others, that just do it all together. And I think this is a game where they, the rest of these guys, besides these three, didn't show up, right? Because you have here Taj 6-9, Towns 28-12, Butler 22-8-5, and everyone else kind of didn't show up. You could say Crawford did, but... He right, just takes a tons of, tons of shots, and sometimes well, he's going to hit him. And that kind of replaces the contribution that you'd want from the starters. Yep. Um, it, it's like if you were to boil down the Wolves roster to a three-on-three team, Adam Silver decides, you know what, the league's <laughs> not interesting enough. He's just, very forward-thinking. Yeah, we're all going three-on-three, no subs. You need the uh, group of three that's going to be the most consistent and the best performers, and they have just been there uh, every game, Taj scoring well in the first quarter. Towns generally doing it throughout the game, and Butler uh, closing it out. And that's just looking at the scoring. Mm-hmm. So I guess Philly would keep up with the trend of a, a similar decline throughout the week. You beat, you know, Clippers by six at at their place. Lose, sorry, beat Dallas by two at home, which is uh, on ex- a lot of rest. On a lot of rest, and that's I guess been a theme for us given the whole minutes game that everyone's been talking about. Yep. Um, and so, so going into Philly, you think, um, you you think this is the game we should pull up. Like, again, like you said, night of rest at home, Philadelphia team. That's almost like old wolves teams where, oh, they they got, you know, there's so much in the future and kind of miss that because you can just have this, 
Whatever, Unbelievable right? optimism where now everyone's like, we need to be good now. Everybody mm-hmm. panic. Um, and so the, the first bullet point I did have was like, this was, like I was saying, a game where it's the three we rely on. Butler were 38. A lot of shots, but it, it seemed like we needed him. It seemed like Butler took those shots because he saw what we were seeing. Like, yes. Everyone is crumbling around me. I feel like I can shoot a higher percentage than Andrew Wiggins. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead and take some more shots. Taj, I felt, didn't play. Taj, I moment. would say, Taj struggled by the standards we've kind of built Put up him for him. Yep. I mean, people are throwing him around as like the second best player on the team. He mm-hmm. wasn't tonight right. or that night. Uh, with with three, three for nine and 12 rebounds. So the 12 rebounds, helpful, but yeah, the shooting wasn't like Taj. And then Town, six for 16, 16 boards. So it, it doesn't seem like the sturdy triangle that I guess I made it out to be. And so I think that's part of why we failed a little bit. And then the minutes discussion came up a lot after this game. Towns played 48 minutes. So there was overtime, we should note. It was a 53-minute mm-hmm. game. But 48 minutes still feels to Towns like playing four quarters of a regular game. The, the overtime, I mean, it's going to factor in, but it still is tough on him. Right. Um, and I wouldn't would say uh, that Towns played a, a bad game because the the numbers weren't there... But just like with the rest of the team, if the three was falling, uh, you get a couple more of those field goals and the the scoring starts to fill out in the stat sheet. And I actually saw him play some inspired defense, which if he can get up for playing against Joel Embiid, uh, do it. You know, because mm-hmm. I actually saw him going after blocks and the Wolves going after loose balls, which was what was so frustrating about the loss is because they played with energy but just couldn't knock down the three and seemed like they ran out of gas. At and it the probably end. wasn't a theme that got touched on. I, I know Jim Pete did touch on it a few times with like, oh, transition, Towns got back, defended and beat. That's what we need for Towns to have a more complete game. But I don't think it was kind of a recap headline given all the frustrations of this game. And I get that because it, it went o- into overtime. And you touched on the threes. I remember looking just at my score app at one point and I was like, wait, we're one for 11 mm-hmm. at this point? And I think we might have even been up. And I was sort of sort of investigating. So I was like to look at the box score and say, like, when you lose, you want to find out why you lost. 24 to 10 turnovers. Sixers had 24. Um, this allowed the Wolves to get 108 shots and the 76ers to have 80. So I came up with my own ESPN stat of my own. Uh, this only, is... Only the we'll Lakers... We'll insert some sort of sounder here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Breaking news. Yep. Um, only the Lakers had more shots in the game this year. With 109, we had 108. Mm-hmm. So at that point, you say, we got 108 shots. The reason why we lost is we didn't make them. Right. <laughs> it kind of gets boiled down to a very uh, a, a simple science. So when you shoot 17% from beyond the arc, and then Wiggins goes one from for seven, I'll touch more on that later, you, you're, you're not expecting to win. Um, so I, I, that's kind of where I'd put the mark on why we lost. I don't know, do you agree? Yeah, and the, the reason for optimism is that uh, as I was watching the game, if the Wolves can play, you know, energetically with defense, you can get lots and lots of shots. Not 108 every game, but you yeah. can force turnovers. And then maybe with Belly back in the lineup, you can knock down more of your threes. You're not going to shoot 17% every night. So um, kind of take leave the three bad three-point shooting out, try to keep some of that defensive intensity, and... Um, the sky's the limit for this team. Let's just yeah. say it. So I guess yeah. On the flip side, like you said, the silver lining is the we do actually have the ability to force turnovers 
to a certain degree. Who knows if it was the Sixers dribbling the ball off their foot or the Wolves actually stealing the ball. Right. Those are very different things, but it'd be interesting to look into that. Um, Wiggins, Wiggins, Gibson, and Towns all shot below 40. Um, that's why I get frustrated sometimes when people reference points per game because that's what Wiggins is good at. This is kind of a good game to emphasize that at some point you do need efficiency. Yes. I was talking with someone at work today, and someone, the, the rebuttal kind of to my Wiggins frustrations was he makes cool, like, cool shots, basically. Yep. I'm, I'm not giving him as much credit as I should, but, like, cool shots, like turnaround jumpers. And, one, you don't have to take those. Two, yes, he's good at them, but, you know, maybe not as much as you do. Like, maybe not a long turnaround jumper, too. Mm-hmm. Maybe move the ball around more, maybe get it to someone else, maybe try to get to the lane. Like, I'm the first one to say Wiggins is an athletic person, but maybe use that to your best advantage. LeBron is at the, almost the top of the league right now in true shooting percentage. Wiggins isn't. I would say LeBron is also athletic. That doesn't mean he has to take insane shots. Yeah, LeBron is also incredibly efficient. Or you look at other young players who have been able to make jumps. I bet uh, Giannis, is, Giannis and Teto Kumpo is yeah. incredibly He's efficient with the way he gets to the rim. And there's a big difference between you know, seven feet playing point guard and a seven foot wigs fan and, you know, six, eight, but Wiggins has that kind he of long athletic that. body type. And so I think people look past it. it. It's once you get sort of the, I don't know, I'm using this term, but I guess the, like the Instagram hype when you're on like the little ESPN videos and stuff, you sort of build their name through those big plays. Um, back when I thought I didn't like Westbrook cause he wasn't that efficient, but then I realized there's a lot of other things, um, which Wiggins doesn't. Um, it's, it's just, you kind of build this popularity and you start to just deviate from what your, your popularity deviates from your stats or your worth. Right. People, and, people look at box scores and in a nerdy sort of way, people ask me and I, and I show them like a little more advanced statistics and they almost just say like, wow, I didn't even know. I remember I was texting you the other week and I was like, hey, Wiggins is 10th in value over replacement player on the Wolves. And I, I felt like you were like whoa is is that right it was it was absolutely heartbreaking (laughs) and i think part of the reason is the past couple years we've been satisfied with flash and not substance we thought substance was lots of scoring on a pretty bad team and now we want substance as consistent scoring and rebounding and good defending individually and as a team and that kind of shakes out in the advanced metrics like wow Wiggins is dunking and hitting fadeaway twos, but his value over replacement isn't calculating in those sweet fadeaways. So, sort of, what's the deal yeah, here? To go off what you're saying, he had every excuse the year before, right? Yep. Because you can just chalk it up to rebuilding, and oh, he was the rookie of the year two years ago. Maybe he's just figuring something out. But once you start to have a worse season than those first, second, or thirds, you you kind of want to put a trend on it, right? Like maybe a downward trend or a flattening trend. Mm-hmm. And that's when it gets concerning. When people say he's young, like I, I get that he's young in age, but this is his fourth year in in the NBA after winning the rookie of the year. All those signs kind of point to a breakout season any day now. And and I just don't think we're seeing it. So I think those excuses are running out. I, I'm hopeful for him. I mean, he's, he's going to get paid. That's kind of taken care of so someone does believe in him and i hope the best for him but overall the stats just point to 
right now, this season, this is what these stats are about. None of this is a projection. Um, being 11th in value over replacement player, 9th in box plus minus, 8th in win shares. You don't even really have to know what these stats mean at the moment, I guess. It's just a way of um, calculating the player's overall value to the team. And to be below even, like, what, 3rd, 4th, 5th when you're about to get a max contract is probably concerning. We haven't... We've, like, just touched upon the max contract thing. So you have all these stats that saying Wiggins is underperforming based on this our year. expectations yes. for him. Yeah, and then you throw in uh, max contract and it gets kind of muddy. And then I've heard some talk about, you know, how well is he meshing now that Jimmy and Taj are here in expectations. And I heard Levine was sort of a glue guy socially outside of the game. Right. So there might be a factor there. Yeah, and I'm not trying to say that they're... We, we haven't been in the Wolves locker room asking guys questions for quite some time. So not saying that there's drama, but who knows how he performs, a guy who seems kind of quiet and not lazy but sort of reticent as he plays. Yep. Um, how is he meshing with this different kind of season where he was just pedestalized in the past few years? Mm-hmm. And I've definitely seen Butler get on Cat a lot for the defense and whatnot. I am... I, I'm sure there might be some film or somewhere, but I'm curious to see, I don't know, if there's that relationship between Butler and Wiggins, or or if the sentiment in the Wolves locker room is, hey, he's athletic, he scores a lot, and they're more of the, the fan base. Like, when I go on Reddit, if you, if you comment about Wiggins, just even being bad this year, sort of factually, not talking about the potential or getting into, like, any kind of future projections, things like that, they just freak out. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's just, no, like, he got a max contract for a reason. I think they think they put a lot of trust in sort of the the GMs and just the general vibe around Wiggins. He probably sells tickets. I can't deny that, I guess. He's a more exciting player than Taj, in my opinion, or Tyus, you know. Um, so there's, there's other financial considerations involved. I so, guess the, all the point I'm just trying to get across is he's not good this season. His last two seasons... I don't think have been that great, or efficient would probably be the more accurate word, and it's making me less hopeful for the future. So give me your take on his max contract, because I think we have different looks on this. The stats don't lie, but there's the a lot that... The stats don't lie for what's already happened. Right, but there's a lot that goes into a guy getting a max contract. So so how do you feel about how much he's getting paid and, and where that puts the Wolves all uh, you have two minutes. Ready, go. <laughs> All right. Uh, I was the biggest thing, the biggest comparison that we made when we were talking was Carmelo. So I think Carmelo has brought in the dollar value that he gets paid to the Knicks organization. I'm being I'm being very objective and financial with this, and I think he's just about as inefficient as Wiggins. So from a GM level, an owner level, trying to make money for the team, so more so the owner, I guess. Uh, I'd bring in Wiggins. I'd bring in Carmelo. If I'm Tibbs, if I'm the GM, and in my mind I want to probably please the coach more, I don't know if that's really how it is, I guess, I'd be much more frustrated. I would probably reduce his minutes a little bit while keeping him on the team, get some other guys in there. But so there's two sides of the coin. So, But the the answer was, is he worth the mass contract? Probably. He probably makes the Timberwolves a profit, is, is just my intuitive guess. Yeah. So let me follow up and say, uh, if the Wolves make those acquisitions and then the Wiggins 
max contract starts to loom because that's how the timeline works before the season, right? The Wolves made some of their moves and then it was deciding on Wiggins' contract extension. Would you have offered him the max after that point once we put it together or would you have maybe seen how more the year plays out? I'm not too in tune with like contract negotiations and the like. Um, I guess there's probably pressure on the Timberwolves organization to do it. So that's probably a factor. Ideally, you'd, you'd like to wait, right? Get all the data that you can. Yeah, and, and, and I, see ideally. If he's, if, if he's if, playing out. But if Wiggins is putting the pressure on you with his agent or whatever, then you just kind of have to work with what you have and go from there. And based on fan sentiment and sort of media sentiment, I think there's a lot to go off. But... And, and I will admit that I think efficiency goes down as you have to be the guy who's taking more shots. So, but he doesn't have to be that guy as much as anymore, but he's still not doing as well. So it's sort of running a con- controlled experiment where it's saying, hey, Wiggins can pass to Butler. He can pass to Towns. You know, he can even pass to Teague, who's a better shooter than Rubio. So why, why is he deciding to take these inefficient shots? And so I think that kind of gets rid of that, that take. There's um, less of a load for sure, mm-hmm. but then it's kind of puzzling to see why he's taking inefficient shots when there are more weapons around and why he's settling for some. Now, granted, I've seen in games where the Wolves really need to need a bucket and their two options are kind of go to Butler or go to Wiggins, and Wiggins, I'm, I'm going to really put a fan spin on this, he has that kind of just go get a bucket mentality sort of a fearless I'm just going to go shoot from mid-range and that can be a big asset I think in really close games. His value stats sort of land him at 8th but if there's 3 seconds left on the clock and let's just say we needed 2 to either tie or win the game, he's in my my top 5 and Mm -hmm. probably higher Mm -hmm. just because of that mentality and also probably his ability to take a crazy shot those shots usually arise in that situation um, but I guess like my, my advice for him, which I have no place in giving. Um, I'm sure he's a listener. It, yeah, 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 for sure. It is, uh, while you're 10th in true shooting percentage, you know, which takes into account threes and how often you get to the line, be, be average or better at everything else. Russ right now, his true shooting percentage, to find someone lower on the, the value of a replacement list, he's, he's ninth, sorry, fifth. You have to go down to 93 at Lonzo Ball to find someone who's shooting worse than Russell Westbrook on that list of value over replacement player. The reason that he's ninth is because he's getting assists and he's getting rebounds. Getting assists at an like, uncanny level. I think he's at the top of assist percentage. Um, what percent of the time you get assists that you had a chance. Same thing with rebound percentage. He, he does other things. You look at Wiggins, and you, if you just like clicked like sort by uh, over a basketball reference, everything just goes like 8th, 9th, 8th, 9th, 10th. So across the board, he's just not doing much. And I think those other things become much of an effort thing, especially when you're that athletic. Passing is a little more fickle and skill-based, but rebounding, like go, going and ripping down a board, that's athleticism. I don't see him crashing the glass No, a whole lot. So just putting another tool in your set and then maybe figuring out the shots over time would probably be his best bet to make me think that analytically... He's worth the max contract. 
Right, and it was really shocking when you were sending me some of the details about where uh, he's been performing statistically on the Wolves, and it kind of dawned on me that as the way he's playing right now, he's not living up to his max deal. No. And there might there's a lot of factors about the load and the team coming together, but ultimately we're expecting more from him. So I think what we can say is to try to be positive is the Wolves offense is still uh pretty high up there. Um I'd I'd say top seven or eight yeah. in the league. And if he can kind of fill it up on any given night, which we know he has the talent to do, if the you know, if the effort is there and if things start to gel, we'll be in fine shape. It's just odd to see someone that has carried this team now all of a sudden turn into kind of a long two mid-range jump shooter yep and i love watching him and he, he perform like he's fun to watch and it's funny how i'm sort of the opposite on two issues the fans love wiggins but the fans are disappointed in how the wolves have been playing right mm-hmm. like almost as holistically as a season i'm not just talking about last night like anyone watches last night you get frustrated great game to watch but you're not happy with losing ot like that or even getting into ot so on a more positive note than all of my Wiggins analysis. That's okay. Someone um, had to play bad cop. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we are we are a good team. Like we are, especially comparing to last year. And I think just a lot of the sentiment that I've been reading is, oh, we need to be, you know, we're not we're we're worse than our record. But if, if I had that problem last year, I'd be pretty happy with it. Right. I want to watch Timberwolves basketball. That's my, like Timberwolves playoff basketball. That's my goal. I haven't seen that since his 03 with KG, Western Conference Finals, I think, was the last uh, we time. We got to the playoffs after that, so it okay. might, might be 04 or 05. Okay. Um, whatever it is, eight or nine years old. Honestly, sadly, Dad, if you brought me to the game, I probably don't remember it. Yep. So <laughs> I need to have Timberwolves playoff basketball in my memory. Literally, like, my bar is at like eight, eight or seven seed. Because, I mean, once you're below five, six, seven, eight, you're probably going to lose the first round. I mean... The top of the West is pretty stacked. Yeah, so I don't think the result matters much there. It's nice. It's neat to get like a a fifth seed versus a seventh or eighth. I'd feel better about this season. But right now we're on pace to win 46, 47 games. So, I mean, that that lands you in fourth or fifth. 538, which calculates strength of schedule, like back-to-back games, altitude, what you had for breakfast in the yeah, morning pretty, it's pretty, pretty close. impressive um basically just the kitchen sink and they have us as the fifth team in the west and if you mm-hmm. look at go back to like preseason articles or preseason rankings you'll see wolves fourth fifth sixth kind of averaging out all of these you know bleacher report ranks the top 30 teams like yeah um we're, we're, we're fifth like that's the preseason ranking and we're getting fifth so I think our sentiment should be like, wow, we met expectations amongst all the variants of, hey, these guys are new um, and we were bringing in these new players. Is there doubts about Tibbs? I mean, every team has these these headlines, but I, I would, I'm biased, but I think I'd bargain to say that we have a few more of these headlines. Right. And I think part of the expectation isn't with our record, but if fans were saying that we're underperforming, some of that has to do with the margin of victory. We haven't had a lot of runaway games, which does inspire some confidence where you don't have to be sweating it out in your seat, waiting and hoping that the Mavericks 
fall apart like I was on Sunday. Can I introduce a little dad take? Oh yeah. Hopefully the first of many. <laughs> um my I was uh talking about the wolves, I think last night with my dad, and he was just saying how he thinks like he's disappointed with how they're playing. And I said, Well, if you look at our record, you know, this this is how we're projected to be and really um precise stats had put us at this mark of about 46 and a half, 47 and a half wins for an yeah. over under. And we're looking to hit right about that mark. And he didn't have anything to say about our record. It was just all eye test. So if you take, you know, Mike Harnes as your <laughs> typical grumpy Timberwolves fan, it might not have to do with whether we're getting the wins, but how the wins look. And I'll be the first to admit that I do need a dose of dad takes you know, getting too caught in the numbers, we can't capture an entire NBA game game through these numbers. You do have to watch. You do have to pick up on certain things, progressions and the like. Yeah, we're not we're not getting the big wins. Would be sort of the rebuttal to my own take. Um, but I, but I think that it we've just consistently gotten those wins um, and shown that we're on pace to do you know like 47, 46 wins mm-hmm. through what we talked about. What small sample sizes starting to be removed right yep so your record to some degree is is a recognition of where you're at not we're going to finish exactly but uh hey nice job you're in third in the west after 25 games so, so my take would be hey nice job we're fourth in the west after what 26 27 games so that that's kind of where i stand with it i'm not ecstatic i don't think we're but we're by no means beating expectations cautiously optimistic it's I mean, that's always the Minnesota the way, right? Yeah, <laughs> cautiously optimistic. I think, too, it's very, very healthy of you, and I'm very proud of you for taking kind of your nose out of the stats book and going, you know, let's look around. The sun is still shining. The sky is blue and green with Timberwolves logos. Everything is going to be okay. <laughs> but it's flipped. It's me saying there's sunshine in the numbers. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. I need and, to insert and, 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 a little bit more numbers. Like go on Reddit, and it's on fire. Yeah. Like, it's a dumpster fire. It's dangerous. It's very dangerous. People are freaking out. Like, Tibbs needs to be fired is probably number one headline. Um, Everyone stop freaking out about Wiggins. He's actually really good. Yep. Not a number in sight. And then just general, like, this team barely edges out wins against terrible teams. Yep. I I had to dismantle a Tyus' trash tweet the other day do you ever feel like you're the only sensible wolves fan in the state i don't want to offend you know the target center faithful I'm number one like don't talk politics guy <laughs> at work but now there should be like the second rule on the break room board that says don't talk wolves because i get i get too deep so you know someone actually came out with me the exact two takes today my two triggers ties is trash and wiggins is one of like the best players in the league Wow, which was which was even bolder than I expected. Wow, and so I I had to you know pull myself it, together, educate that, go on ba- basketball reference just to calm down for a bit. That's true, and then make sure not to give up too much info and just tell them to tune in. And you know, <laughs> oh say, yes. yeah, yeah. I as uh, I was explaining some stuff to my dad, I was like, I don't want to give too much away because I know you're not a loyal enough listener to just listen outright. You need like kind of uh, give him a treat and lead him. Did he hit you like? Oh, I don't. I don't want to download an app or okay, pay for, for a subscription. He's Dad, it's pretty free. good. He's okay. he's pretty good about that. You got to watch out for my mom and technology. <laughs> so that's her excuse not to watch that. That cuts deep. Yes, definitely. Back to unfortunate news. 
I would like to confirm a rumor that I believe I heard from our dear friend, Jordan Lachewski, that Cherry Berry does not carry over an OT. Yes. First, set the stage of, give me the complete stage of Cherry Berry. Okay, well, I won't start in the first quarter as I walked into the arena. I'll kind of jump ahead to... Well, yes. (laughs) What does Cherry Berry mean? Oh, okay, right. Well, Cherry Berry uh, is a very special promotion for Wolves fans. Fourth quarter rolls around, and you start seeing kind of these pink uh, light-up ads around the end, or around the uh, Borderline, like, epilepsy? Epilepsy? Yeah, yes. it's uh, it's pretty dangerous on you know my eyes, and I'm assuming other. It's already 11 p.m. Eyes. past your bedtime. Yep, and so they just bright pink, and it shows that if the opponent misses two consecutive free throws, the fans get like a free cherry berry voucher. So someone steps up to the line for the other team, and the crowd just starts a pretty crazy roar. And the wolves already have the howlometer. meter. I love the hallow meter, but the cherry berry fourth quarter promo. Did you know something was up mid free throw? It just stops all of that. So, so well, that's just cherry berry in general. If the person misses the first one, then the wool, like the target center absolutely erupts. Yep. So we don't get cherry berry all of the fourth quarter uh, for the 76ers. I think there was one shot at it and Joel Embiid hit the first one. So, you know, the promo is gone. Then we get to the fourth quarter and we're thinking, okay, we can still get back into this game. You know, there's optimism. Someone steps up to line, and we hear it's Cherry Berry time. And then immediately afterwards, the guy in the crowd or official announcement, the official big voice guy. No. And immediately afterwards, he goes, "Correction, there is no Cherry Berry." <laughs> and everyone was. I think at that point, I knew we were going to lose, and it was late, so that was kind of a let's just say a microcosm for the game. <laughs> And, and what we we invited, we're both season ticket holders, and we invited Jordan or invited him to pay us money for yep. our tickets. And he said, "What I will I will not be attending a game <laughs> due to the Cherry Berry controversy." He's I'm boycotting his, the wolves. Yeah, he's made his official boycott of the wolves, and <laughs> it's one of those things too where if there's a game where you're losing, you go, "Well, maybe we can scrape some Cherry Berry out of this." So. Uh, it's and the voucher is not, in fact, redeemable at a Cherry Berry stand in the stadium. <laughs> and we did look, and they're all about 10 to 15 miles from the stadium. Yeah, I think there's one near Pilot Knob, so if you're a big <laughs> suburbs guy, uh, that'll help you out. But it, everyone else is pretty out of luck. <laughs> Do you have anything else after this very somber note? Um, I would say, if we want to wrap this week up, uh, I like to end on kind of a positive note. Two and one. Not big victories and a close uh, loss that you would have liked to win because you were in it. Just win, baby. That's what we want to keep thinking. You know, if we if we have grinded out games and we go podcast to podcast and we're over five hundred, over five hundred, you're gonna look up and we're gonna have a pretty good season to look at. Mm-hmm. I passive aggressively just won an eight eight seater higher. Yes, absolutely. Minnesota way. Well, all right. That's it for this week. Uh, I believe we'll be back within a week with uh, more hot takes and maybe some updates from the Wolves PR team on Cherry Berry. Good. Yeah, send us your Cherry Berry thoughts. Thanks, guys.